is Bart Isley. I'm here with Ryan Yeeman for the latest edition of the Scrums Play Podcast. And right off the top, we'd like to thank the SB Podcast presenting sponsor, CNG Paving. If you want your paving or asphalt job done right the first time, you want CNG to knock it out. With 30 years of experience under owner Jeff Gray, this family-owned local business has been taking care of roads, parking lots, and driveways across Central Virginia for decades. And with a five-star rating on Facebook, you know they're going to get it right. Give them a call at 540-456-6179 today for a free estimate. This is Bart Eisen. I'm here with Ryan Yeeman for the latest edition of the Scrimmage Play podcast. And we're in that full transition mode right now. It's football, a little bit of football left. One team still hanging on, clawing forward in Goochland. We're going to dive into them in a second. Also, basketball gets started in a big way. You know, this is, We're recording on Monday afternoon. This is getting going in a big way tonight, Tuesday, Wednesday, a ton of games this week. So uh, we're, we're full into it. We're going to, we're going to do a little basketball talk later, but let's start with football and let's start with the C&G Road Grader of the Week. you got two guys from, you cover that game out at Goochland, a, a big football game. Uh, yeah, uh, no surprise here, uh, you, you, given the result of, of the win and, and who had to step up uh, in, in this way. But Connor Duncan and uh, Khalil Holman, two, uh, two leaders on this team on the defensive line in particular, uh, when you have a, a front that's sort of responsible for seven turnovers mm. um, and also two turnovers on downs uh, to, to, <laughs> to boot. But yeah, I mean, uh, Khalil Holman, he's a cog, uh, big dude in the middle that can really just stuff the run. Uh, really strong kid um, and real cool head and, and gets the team fired up but also has a way of just sort of not panicking and then Connor Duncan very similar vibe uh, he's a senior uh, been been part of both sides of the line for for many years and that was sort of a senior heavy team uh, last year uh, just the way that those guys got after the ball they got their hat on the runner every single time uh, they, they put pressure on the quarterback uh, they were just fantastic. I mean, uh, they they did it every way possible, uh, coming inside, coming outside, uh, getting their hand uh, on a runner, forcing a fumble here and there. Uh, I just really loved uh, the, the way that they provided the leadership. And you hear the Devin McRae in the secondary talking about uh, you know the turnovers, and he, he brought it. It was it was all those guys up front, um, just the way they got after the quarterback, and uh, just in the backfield, constant. Um, I don't know that you could have a better defensive game than Goochland did. Uh, you know, they give up one touchdown late. Uh, but I mean, even even that against a team that they're playing uh, in this round of the playoffs. I mean, you give up seven points, you're doing something great. Uh, when you, the turnover to points ratio is even, uh, I don't even know how to explain that. Yeah. Um, just outstanding performance for that, that front unit. Uh, it was it was fun to watch. I mean, and it was from the word go. Uh, those guys gave it four quarters, um, and they they both just um, it was tremendous. Big time effort uh, from the Bulldogs. Big time effort from Holman and Duncan, uh, really making that happen. And, and we're going to roll through quickly on these other two awards. Got to be Bulldogs because that's that's all, that's what we got left. Uh, we've got Goochland football still playing, and offensive player of the week, an easy pick here with CJ Towles. He 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 was kind of the the surprise element in this. One. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, you go back and look at the stats: twelve for eighteen, one hundred almost fifty yards, one hundred forty eight yards passing. I think two touchdowns. Uh, the first two touchdowns of the game. Um, a couple fourth down conversions on that first drive that was seven minutes long. The amount of trust that that coaching staff put in a sophomore quarterback uh, was was really fun to watch, um, and and he responded to it. He, I mean, he embraced that, um, got the ball. He talked about it, getting the ball into our playmakers' hands. So finding Devin McRae, Javian Timberlake uh, early on those first two fourth down conversions. Um, I mean, it was just a uh, it was cool what they did from a play calling standpoint because they just. 
sort of pulled the rug out from underneath James Monroe defensively, where where they're setting up to to just play stay at home defense against a, a wing T offense, and uh, that's not that's not what happened. Right. Um, I mean, they did a lot of backdoor screen stuff. Um, I mean, there was a lot more passing, particularly in that first half, uh, before Gushin sort of went to work on the clock and did what they do. They, I mean, they put together a drive that had that sort of patented Goochland seven-minute suck-your-soul-out-of-your-chest drive, but they did it with, with C.J. Tulls running the ball a little bit and throwing, and, and, and intermediate passing. Um, you know, it's not like he's just sort of run fake and then throw a Hail Mary down and, and see if somebody can track it down, you know, see if uh, Cam Holman can go get it. Uh, I mean, they did that too later on. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but uh, those first couple drives, what they did with uh, CJ Tells, like just absolutely tremendous. Great game from him, uh, and he's playing on both sides of the ball too. Uh, that's a kid that they talked about two years ago, uh, you know, in training camp, where as a freshman they knew he was going to be a difference maker, and, and he proved it last year, allowing them to flex out a little bit offensively and, and be multiple. And the versatility that they showed on Saturday against James Monroe was tremendous. And I don't like, I just don't know that. Talking with the the Monroe coaching staff afterwards, I don't know how you prepare for that when you're expecting one thing and you get the other. Um, and Gushland's smart. This isn't something that was on tape. Um, they they sort of like, hey, we've been waiting for a game like this because uh, we've been beating the snot out of everybody that it hasn't <laughs> mattered. Um, you know, even in their first two opponents in the playoffs, um, finally they get one where all right, now's our time to to get a little fancy, a little creative, and let's show what we've been working on in practice. Uh, so shout out to the quarterback, uh, the sophomore over there, Gushland. Towns, big game, man. Uh, big performance, and uh, they got another big one coming up. But first defensive player of the week. Uh, he wins it all the time. We, we talk about yeah. this guy all the time. Uh, you know, there's a few guys in this area that are just complete football players. We talk about Jared Hunter being that kind of guy. Devin McCray is that kind of guy as well. And, and a, a big performance from him. Yeah, I don't know. That there, I mean, there's a short list of guys that we've covered in sort of the 11 years we've been doing this um, that are four-year starters on both sides of the ball and just get it done. Uh, wherever they are, and Devin McCray is that guy. Defensively, he's always been that guy. Um, as, as a freshman, he was. I mean, it's just it continues. He's a ball hawk. Uh, two interceptions and, and, and clutch interceptions at that. These weren't garbage time. Uh, sort of just pick me up things. Uh, no, he, he he turned the field for them uh, for Gushland. Allowed them to to get to work on the clock. Um, he had a fumble recovery as well. Um, I mean, just uh, an outstanding performance from a senior. And really, I mean, just such a calm, collected kid. And for him to be able to do this coming off the injury of last year, I mean, not everybody heals back the same way. Uh, just really remarkable senior year. A very, I mean, in typical Devin McRae fashion, very quietly, just sort yeah. of going about his business. Um, and an easy guy to sort of forget about um, when you're a James Monroe offense, uh, you, you got to remember that number seven can go out there and fly. And, I mean, he was jumping routes. Uh, there was nothing that they could do in the passing game. I mean, really nothing until late in the fourth quarter. Um, they finally figured out a couple things and some short crossing routes and stuff. Um, but that secondary was tremendous. And McCray leads the way there. Um, I mean, the, the, I, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Seven turnovers. Uh, when your defensive line plays as well as, as they were to, to create that opportunity, you do have to have your secondary step up and make those plays. Um, and sometimes you always hear the line, uh, well, that's why they don't play on offense. Uh, McCray is not one of those guys. He can catch everything <laughs> that is thrown his way. I mean, he is a wide receiver playing defensive back. Uh, so it was it was just fun to watch, and uh, he gets to play another big-time playoff game, uh, as he should. He, I mean, he's sort of the, the, the core leader I mean, he's, since he started as a freshman. This is their fourth run through a state final four. I mean, the guy's just a winner. Dave um, McCray has to have played more 
postseason games. So he's got he's played like a whole extra season of he's postseason got, games at this point. It's more than a season. Uh, so <laughs> they are thirteen and three. Uh, Goochland, the senior class right now in the playoffs. Uh, that's crazy. pretty nuts. Um, yeah, they just uh, they find a way to get it done. No question about it. So really uh, excited to see this. Let's, let's jump into that matchup. They face Hopewell in the state final four. Um, we thought you know they were going to have to level up pretty quickly with James and Rowe. They were able to meet that. Uh, this one is another situation where they've got to level up from James Monroe to a Hopewell team that is awfully, awfully good football team. You, you, you talked about it. They, they've done this before. They went up against Appomattox a few years ago at sort of their height. Hopewell is is at a peak right now in their program. It feels yeah, like. and I mean just looking at the four regions in three. Um, I don't know. That, I mean Alex Ruth talked about it. I don't know that there's a tougher region uh, when you're one through five or Hopewell, York, Phoebus, uh, Lafayette, Nicey, Norcom. And, and for a reminder, Goochland and Lafayette played in the, the first game of the year. Lafayette gets upset in the first round. Um, and then Hopewell doesn't even play the two. Uh, they wind up playing Phoebus and, and handling them. All four number one seeds advance to the final four in this bracket. Um, that sort of tells you the, the kind of quality football programs you have in here. So there's there's really nothing left in terms of, all right, well, we're getting a decent matchup here. No, you're getting a dog. Like You're just getting somebody that can come out and flat-out fight. Uh, Hopewell is definitely that. Uh, I mean, there's a region. Goochland has to head on the road for this one. Uh, they're undefeated. They have the highest rating in, in all of 3A um, and, and by a, a decent margin um, playing in that central district. Uh, just a really tough team, and, and we, we've got to see a little bit of them, and you're just like, oh. Yeah. yeah. So I got I, I got a text from somebody that was like, hey, near the end of the Goochland game, hey, you need to check out Trey Henderson from uh, from Hopewell. Uh, based on the video, he's as advertised. That's yeah. um, a four-star recruit, uh, a running back. He's got a Clemson offer. He's got a Tech offer. He's got he's – got once you have those offers, you have all the offers. Yeah. Um, you can play wherever you want to play. And uh, a four-star junior, 5'10", 190, and he can fly. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely can take off. Um, he, he, he's a guy who can move, and he's not the only guy in that backfield. Robert Riggs is sitting back there too. Yeah, a one-two punch like that, and then you have a, a defensive – or sorry, uh, offensive tackle, Ronald Webster at 6'5", 300 pounds. Uh, sort of, we saw some stuff of him too. Yeah, the guy's blocking multiple dudes, dudes on a line. Uh, yeah, I mean, just Henderson that, doesn't need a lot of space, and Webster's giving him a lot of space. So. Yeah, this is going to be a fascinating matchup for Goochland. Um, you you looked at the the Monroe matchup and and just watching them on the field, you're like, okay, maybe Goochland's undersized in this one, and it didn't matter, mm-hmm. uh, just because uh, I mean the technical play that they they put together, and they were Goochland's fast. Mm-hmm. Um, they they can get to the ball. Um, I really like that linebacking core. Um, I mean, Holland Holland was just deliberate. There were a lot of big hits in that game. Um, but the way that Kendrick Braxton and Holland played together, um, it's it's really fun to watch. So this is going to be really cool how this defense sort of responds uh, to an offense that definitely has the playmakers to, 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 make, it, to make it hurt. Yeah, I mean, it's You're just rough. Need- you're going to need a guy like uh, Stratton uh, that's blocked like 10 kicks on the year. You're going to need him to like make a play in special teams. You need somebody to make a play in special teams. He was there in this that fourth quarter against some, Monroe. Yep. It's going to require some weird stuff. Um, I think that you're going to have to have some guys step up and make some plays outside of their sort of, their comfort zone. Probably. Yeah, I mean, based on the tape that we saw, it was, it's pretty simple with Henderson. I mean, obviously easier said than done. Um, but, I mean, if you do not tackle him at the line of scrimmage, he's gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, he's a big dude. He runs hard, and I mean, once he gets that momentum, I mean, he's flying. 
Um, so I, I think it's it's all sort of predicated on can you get a hat on him early on there. Um, and and, and meanwhile, you on the other side, you got to sit there. You got to manage a, a big defensive line, a bunch of guys that are six feet or taller. Yeah, they got uh, some three monsters. guys six feet and two ten plus. Um, oh. That's a big line. Although you know, Gushlin is. I mean, they've seen that before. Everyone's going to throw everything at their run. They just showed uh, what they can do and be multiple with Monroe. Now, if from a creativity standpoint, what do you do if you're Gushlin? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you have some options. options. You got options. You, you can go old school Gooshlin. You can uh, you can continue sort of this uh, intermediate air Gooshlin game that you've got going on. <laughs> I mean, you can move CJ Tolls and Devin McRae to different positions. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're not unfamiliar doing that. Um, there's just a lot of options for Gooshlin offensively, but we know the one thing that this coaching staff sort of preaches to: uh, create turnovers and hold on to the football. Um, so whatever they do, you know it's going to involve clock management. And the easiest way to keep the, the ball out of Trey Henderson's hands is to keep him on the sidelines or keep him playing defense. Um, and that's, that's a pretty simple game plan, but it always seems to work, and especially this time of year. You just never know. Um, Gushel's going to come in with such an underdog mentality, and deservedly so. Um, I don't know. This is It's a little different uh, than, than going up against East Rock last year where there was a lot of hype in that game from the East Rock front. I don't think East Rock is as good last year as Hopewell is this year. Um, so I think it's a little more of an underdog mentality, especially also going from a 2A to 3A level. Um, obviously, there's, there's a lot of people saying, Goochland, you know, in your district, who did you play? Um, they're hearing that, and they're responding by winning a region title. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can't... Doesn't matter who you play in the regular season yeah. if you want a region title. It's going to be a good football team. It, I mean, if Goochland wins this game, that is, I mean, an unbelievable story. Um, it's just to be able to do what they've done so far. Um, and you don't want to apologize for them in, in advance of a tough opponent. Um, but it, it's just really, like, you look at the uphill climb they're facing, it's going to be rough. But if they, if anyone's gonna pull it off, it'd be them. Um, they just, they just have that about them. Yeah. Uh, I don't. It, it, between the coaching staff and and really the just sort of the senior mentality, this is just such a low key group um, mm-hmm. where they just they seem to handle the panic of the game. That that Monroe game could have gotten out of hand uh, very quickly, um, where it's twenty to nothing and you're looking to go twenty seven uh, nothing up on a, a rushing touchdown and it gets ruled a touchback. And that, to me, was the moment. It was like, all right, well, if this thing's going to fall apart, this is where it does. And, no, the defense just comes out and, and creates another turnover, and <laughs> it's a moot point. So uh, they just had that sort of collectiveness. We, I mean, even the celebration after their Monroe win was just so subdued. Uh, the handshake line, nothing. It was just like, it's okay. Business. We're supposed to be here. Uh, and anytime you see a team that, that feels that way, that's when you have nothing to lose like they do, uh, that's a dangerous place to be in. Man, couldn't that says it right there. <laughs> that's the way. To, there's no. I don't even need to respond. That's it. That's it. That's that's it. Big game, uh, obviously for for the Bulldogs, and an exciting opportunity for them to take on a Hopewell team that's pretty darn good. So that's football. Let's do a little bit of basketball talk. Yeah, we've had uh, a lot of time. Well, not so much us, but uh, <laughs> a lot of the teams have had a lot of time to prepare. It was sort of a quick playoff for, mm-hmm. for football for a lot of squads. So full practices for everybody. Now you get to jump in. It were almost like you don't want to hear that excuse uh, unless you're Louisa or Goochlin. Like That's right. That's it. You yeah. don't want to hear that excuse. <laughs> I agree. I think everybody's getting got a real chance here. It, you know, we're going to break it down like this: uh, it, two teams they're regrouping a little bit. Two teams that are their identity is going to have to be reestablished. Good basketball teams, but their identity is going to it's going to need an overhaul a little bit. And let's start with the Louisa boys because you lose a guy like Chris Shelton. 
that's you're going to have to figure out a, a, a little bit of a new plan. But they've got some guys who can handle things. Yeah, in the last two years, Chris Shelton was just a, a terror to deal with. Um, I mean, what what he could do on both sides of the ball, but his three point shooting was just uh, tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and clutch moments, uh, the guy just had a dagger and, and knew how to throw it. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But Louisa, I mean, when you bring back what you bring back, when you have a Xavier Hunter and you have a Jared Hunter. I mean, you're you're just in a different position than a lot of programs losing a guy like Shelton, yeah. um, and and that we're talking about back backcourt security, uh, the ability to press, uh, the ability to bring the ball up, to break presses. Um, these are things that are just so hard to teach, and these are guys that have been doing it for a long time. I mean, we talked about it in football, but Jared Hunter's been doing this even longer in basketball. I mean, yep. he's he's a difference maker from his first game as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is old hat for him. Um, it's going to be. I think within the JD, I mean, I don't think we're going to see a very different story than we saw last year. No, I think we're seeing that top four is going to be pretty good. Western, Almar, uh, Charlottesville, Louisa, I think those four are going to be good. Almar will get it figured out. Uh, they've, they've got a revamp as well. But Louisa, they've got that seasoned backcourt and then you got an athlete like Isaac Haywood a guy mm-hmm. who's you know a state champ in in high you know in, in leaping a triple jump and uh I mean it, you you throw in a guy like that who's sort of a human pogo stick and then you got you know Jared and Buck Hunter who are both just complete guards uh they defend they they dive in they play they play well uh they they have great vision I mean there's just this is that's a really good core to build around we're gonna have to see some new faces kind of step up make some different plays but that's a Louisa a team that has the potential to be pretty darn good this year. Yeah, and I think what we saw from them last year uh, was just turn every game into a track meet. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you were going to beat Louisa, you're going to have to put up 75. Get to see a lot of them sort of running a lot what they did last year, uh, just getting up, sort of turning things into a track meet where you're going to have to score 75 to be able to beat them. Um, and that's not all too different from what we've seen from some Charlottesville teams uh, when they're just so frenetic up and down the court on both sides of the ball, um, where there's almost never, I mean, a whistle except for a foul call. Um, it's just a nonstop movement, um, a lot of energy being spent, um, and, and Louisa has all the horses to be able to do that, and, and it should be fun to watch again. I mean, when all those styles are, are similar and sort of line up, I mean, Western's sort of the only one that doesn't play that style. They're, they're, they're a little bit different style team. Um, and and they, why not when you have the, the post presence that they do? Um, but it, Charlottesville, Albemarle, Louisa, I think they're all going to sort of, those are going to be really exciting games just in terms of movement. Yeah. And you got, and that's the thing is that in that top four, Western kind of separates itself with some big men. Mangrum, you know, is not going to be the, maybe the biggest guy this year. They got Henry Sullivan, who's a pretty good player. I mean, they, they got some dudes who, you know, in the post that can really make some things happen. I think that that's, that maybe becomes the difference maker for them. Because like you said, Charlesville's going to run, you know, Louisa's going to have to run. Uh, Almar is probably going to run. I mean, and so maybe that become Western becomes sort of the, the change up pitch in that area, but they've got ball handlers too, guys who can get it done. So it's going to be exciting to see how this shakes out. Should be a four team race, you know, and, and who knows, you know, maybe some, you know, a team like orange could get into that mix, a team, you know, uh, that, you know, is continuing to build under Oots out there. So uh, it should be fun to watch. And, and Fluvanna has to reset a little bit, but they got Kobe Edmonds. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they got play. You know, there's some guys out there that could really make each night a really, really tough night for anybody in the in the JD. So, Absolutely. Um, the other team that's got to regroup, uh, obviously, and loses an, uh, another big name is, is Sam Burnell and William Monroe and, and what the William Monroe girls do now uh, in the post-Sam era. Yeah, obviously they got uh, sort of an unfortunate taste of that uh, early on in the season last year uh, mm-hmm. when she goes down with an injury. 
um, and you sort of see different playmakers step up. Um, obviously, they, they were sort of young around her mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of years in making these uh, back-to-back state runs. Um, so they've got some experience there. Um, I mean, I think some of some of the, the sort of way you look at the season for them is uh, it's different expectations. Uh, there's a different weight to it. Um, I think Monroe might get taken for granted a little bit uh, in some of the things they've done and attribute it all to one player. Uh, and a player who would, would be very quick to credit with her teammates, you know, all the work they did for her. So I think we're going to see a sort of an interesting transition there. Uh, obviously, Martha Apple, big name there. Uh, I mean, she was a huge part. Co-region player of the year with Brunel last year. Yeah, uh, great post presence. Um, I mean, just a really reliable, fundamental player there. Um, when you have that as your fallback plan, you're already in good shape. Uh, so it, it should be Monroe. I mean, as big as a name as that is, trying to replace, I think Monroe is in a position not too different from Louisa, where like it's it's not out of out of the world to sort of go back and do what you've been doing. Uh, yeah, this is about building expectations and standards uh, over there, and now it's time to pony up. Um, and I think these girls are going to be awfully excited to create a name for themselves. Yeah, Martha Apple, Haley Morris. Uh, y- y- there's a name that I think we're going to know by the end of the year pretty well, and Ella Weaver, uh, who's a pretty darn good player, who's, mm-hmm. who's coming up. And I think that you, you look at all those sort of pieces coming together, um, maybe Monroe's able to you know put things together, do it again. So those two teams obviously got to regroup a little bit, got to reshuffle things, got to figure things out, but they got the potential to be pretty darn good. There's also two programs, though, that feel like they're ready to go um, and that they're bringing pretty much everybody back. Let's start with the CHS girls, man. The Kasia Calloway, Jesse Antwi. I mean, they got they got the players. T.C. Younger, uh, throw yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, that that's a team that's been very young for a long time. Battled some injuries over the last couple of years and mm-hmm. fought through that. Um, they are always scrappy. Uh, you know, Jim Daly does such a great job over there. Uh, and Charlottesville does not have a down year. And because of their age, the, the way they're maturing... Um, I think they're an easy front runner in the JD this year, um, but obviously, I mean, the JD girls has been, I mean, a carousel. Uh, I mean, it's it's very easy to sort of see a team lose their first two games in the JD and then come back and win them all. Um, I mean, we we saw that CHS had some struggles last year and, and came back and rebounded from them well too. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of style they try and uh, sort of uh, establish early on. Um, there's a lot of there was a lot of turnover in terms of senior leadership within the JD. Charlottesville sort of the one group where you're like, okay, uh, they don't have to worry about that problem. Yeah. Uh, they've got that figured out. So I, I expect sort of a, a calm, collected version of the, the chaos that Charlottesville likes to run and a team <laughs> that loves to shoot the three. They're fun to watch. Um, you know, They sort of drive and kick. Uh, they just do a lot of uh, creative things uh, to score a lot of points and uh, looking forward to see what they have this year. Yeah, and I think that you, it's similar in a lot of ways to what you talked about with the boys. That it, it, we're probably looking at a similar round robin where you got Fluvanna and Nevea Ivory, who we know how good Nevea Ivory is. She's mm-hmm. tremendous, and she's got help. She's got Maya Wright. She's got you know some other players who can really step up and make some big plays. So you take Nevea Ivory out of Fluvanna, and then you got the Twin Towers. You got Sydney Sherman and Katie Driver over there uh, at Western. You know they got to figure out the backcourt, obviously, but they got Maddie Shearer back there. Who you know some players who are going to need expanded roles with Elizabeth Kaufman graduating but you know that's a, a pretty good core to build around when you got a couple of you know a couple of post players who can really kind of get it done and Sherman and can step out a little bit drivers relentless on the boards so Western is going to be good again and then you got Almar is going to find players they're going to find people yeah, to be good Almar's team defense is is arguably the most stingiest every year I mean yeah. you're going to play in games really that are going to be 25 to 26 
and Louisa. You know, they got yeah. young talent. They're, yeah, that's they're the, that's the wild card maybe to keep an eye on. Oh, I would say so. I mean, it, it, we love what Nick Shrek does, man. He has a really great approach. Uh, he does some good things. They got Alexis Miller back, but then you know they're gonna, they're also going to have some young players who, again, like we talked about with Weaver with Monroe, we're going to know them by the end of this year, um, and I think that we're going to we're going to have a better idea. But that could be make for a pretty much wild Jefferson District uh, on the girls' side, which is. The case pretty much every single year. Uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty crazy group. So take all that. You look at the Charlottesville girls, probably you know a team that's ready to go. You got a lot of pieces figured out. Another team on the boys' side that's ready to go. Got a lot of things figured out. Blue Ridge, uh, Michael Gray, Andy Nwako, William Lee. Now they add Kobe Jerome to that mix. They add Derek Jones to that mix. They, they add a lot of people that can really play. Um, and, and this is going to be, you know, they have to replace a Jaden Frazier. You know, they, you've got some other guys that they've got to kind of figure some things out. But Blue Ridge, as usual, looks like they're loading up again. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. Chris Rogers was a guy for them that uh, maybe didn't quite show up as large as some of the others on the stat sheet. Uh, but just defensively and uh, sort of his presence as a guard, yeah. uh, that'll be interesting to watch how Blue Ridge sort of regroups from that. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know that any of this matters when it comes to Blue Ridge because they just make state finals uh, regardless of the conditions um, in a, a two Division Two level that has always had uh, you know some big dogs in it, some VES teams that have been very good. Obviously, the Miller, Miller teams, teams that have won. Uh, some state championships, that that kind of stuff. And Blue Ridge just sort of continues to find it a way to get it done. Whether you go back to sort of a, a Malik Johnson um, or, or Derek McGee, um, uh, I mean, it's just there, there's so much uh, that goes on at Blue Ridge in terms of turnover, and they just find a way to to, to recreate the process. Uh, Kate Lemke does such a fantastic uh, job up there, and it, it, I don't expect anything different from them. They will be a team that you know you expect to be in that top two and three in the rankings all year round. And they'll play a crazy hard schedule. They may pick up some losses there, but it's because they're playing just ridiculously good teams. And like you said, it's gone from Malik Johnson to Darius McGee to Chris Rogers to now. You know what? What's next? Is it Kobe Jerome? But. I mean, look, you, they can talk about Kobe Jerome. I'm sure he's going to be a really good player. Uh, but Michael Gray is a, a complete basketball player, uh, a, a silent assassin. I mean, he is just a really, really good basketball player. He's going to be a lot of fun. And you put him in the backcourt with Lee. You put him in the backcourt with Jerome. I mean, they, there's just a lot of options, a lot of different uh, incarnations that this team can it can look like, um, and they could just be really, really yeah, good. and and some hype up front there with the uh, you know sort of height, sorry, not hype, uh, <laughs> Malik Brown uh, there and Sasha Gushloff. Um, I mean that, that those are in Houston too, man. That yeah, could, he can really play too. That's I mean, some post presence. I mean, it's it's just tough with with Blue Ridge. We know what they're gonna sort of base their entire game around because that's just Kate's style. It's gonna be. How can we suffocate you defensively? Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> how can we take the life out of you? Yeah. Yes. So I mean, Blue Ridge sort of uh, does a great job. They, they're almost like the the team that makes you want to put a shot clock in because mm-hmm. um, they will just go after the clock. They're almost like a Goochland football of basketball in that regard, in terms of just being very controlling on their possessions and the defensively. They're just making. They're going to make you look for that one window, that one shot. They're not going to give you anything. Um, and it's it's going to be like you, all right. We'll give you one chance at the basket, and if you don't take it, it's going to take you a long time to get there. I think that you know we uh, you're always excited every year for Blue Ridge Miller matchups. Um, they're coming down the pipe, and when you get Kadir Petaway uh, versus uh, Michael Gray, I mean, that's going to be a really good. That's going to be a great back. Yeah, I mean that's that's always been a fantastic rivalry, but the last three four years it's just. <sighs> 
taken it to another level. Uh, obviously, it helps. You know, they see each other in the VIC playoffs. They see each other in the uh, the VIS AA playoffs. Seventeen game series, pretty much their whole season. <laughs> it's just Blue Ridge and Miller running it back. Division two playoffs, best of seven between Come on. them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we should do. It. That's I like this idea, man. A best of seven playoff, Blue Ridge versus Miller. They just sack it in for the week, and they keep playing each other over and over again. It's not a bad idea. You know, those are two teams, obviously, Charlottesville girls, Blue Ridge boys that look ready to go. Then you got to start looking at dark horses. You know, and we, and we name checked uh, one of these earlier in the Fluvanna girls. I wouldn't even really totally call them a dark horse, but, you know, maybe they're going to be a team. You know, Charlottesville feels like a, a, a early favorite just because everybody that's back, but Nevaeh Ivory is so good. Um, it, it's just a really, really talented guard. Maybe Fluvanna girls are kind of a dark horse this year. Yeah, I mean, with Fluvanna, they've been uh, there've been some injuries last year and the year before uh, that they've dealt with to key players. Uh, they've been, a, I mean, that has been a youth movement that's been absolutely absurd. I mean, that's what's driving the team uh, for the last three, four years. Uh, at some point, they have to get old, right? Right. Um, but yeah, we'll see what they've got coming on. Uh, I mean, this is an older team than years before. Uh, Nevaeh is a, a senior. Jules Shepard, another one in there, and Maya Wright. Uh, those that's for a trio um, of, of players that have been there for a long time. That's Probably as good of a one, two, three punch as you can get. Um, so I, it, we'll see if they can turn that into postseason success. Um, obviously, th- that means coming out and beating Western and beating Charlottesville. Those are two teams that have been problematic uh, in the past. And, and Charlottesville's you, in your region now. Yeah. So you got to find a way past both those squads um, and, and find a way to sort of establish yourself as the front runner there. Uh, but certainly a team with the talent capable of doing that. The another dark horse that we're looking at, we talked about, we mentioned the Orange Boys earlier. That's a team that we feel like that maybe has a little bit of talent, maybe can make a little bit of noise in the Jefferson District. But we're stepping outside the JD for this one. The Buckingham Boys, they feel like a team that could have a little bit, a little bit of juice to them. Yeah, uh, been a little bit of a struggle for Buckingham, uh, also sort of injury related as well. Um, the last couple of years. Uh, but also just a lot of turnover, um, and for a, a program that sort of it relies on having that football team be healthy out of football season into <laughs> basketball season. Um, so we'll see how it shapes up uh, for Taylor Boyers and the and the crew over there. Uh, but yeah, that's a team that was young last year uh, in a in a James River district that uh, I mean Gushin was just fantastic. They've got some turnover, so maybe there's ripe for regime change kind of thing going on. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, we have not. Been able to see Tay Tony on the court uh, in basketball season from start to finish. That's not something that the Buckingham has had the luxury of yet. We'll see if we can this year. Uh, but yeah, Xavier Copeland. This is a Buckingham team that that moves fast. Um, the question is, can they build on the front court, establish a rebounding presence? You know, stay out of foul trouble on the defensive side of the ball. It's a team that likes to create a lot of turnovers, but uh, can they avoid sort of putting themselves in the the early first half troubles of reaching in too much, that kind of stuff? Uh, but athletically. No question, Buckingham boys can come out there and, and make a run in the James River. Just have to go out there and do it. Perfect. It's awesome. Football, basketball, we got it all right now. Mm-hmm. Everything's happening. Very exciting time of year. We'll be back with you next week. Talk about what, you know, Goochland's fate and to dive into, you know, we're going to see some basketball this week, so we're going to know some more things. So then we're going to talk about it, and we'll, we'll be happy to have you. This is going really poorly. I'm going to end it earlier than that. <laughs>